Welcome everyone to the Denama Abroad podcast where we talk about anything and everything Denama Kiev related. I'm your host Alex Lishik and with us from the great state of New York is Eric. How's it going Eric? Going great. Looking forward to this preview. Um, looking forward to a very special guest that we have on here so it should be a good episode. We have a very special guest as unfortunately Dima cannot make it tonight but it's a special occasion coming up next week therefore we need to have a special guest on from Rabona TV. It's Adrian. How's it going Adrian? I'm doing very well. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. And are you ready for next week? Champions League's back. It feels like the international break's flown by and it's already time for Champions League. Yeah, man, it, it surprised me. I was looking at my publication calendar and all of a sudden it was like, shit, I, I got to do my, my Champions League predictions now. Um, so yeah, you caught me at the perfect time. I just, I'm editing the video right now. It's all fresh in my brain. I am ready to go. So we obviously know Sheriff Tiraspol is going to be winning it in St. Petersburg, right? Like in May, it's going to be Sheriff Tiraspol knocking out Real Madrid and Inter Milan and Shakhtar. It has to be, has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially Shakhtar. Get those boys out of here. Am I right? Yeah. Hey, no, you did a great job of bouncing Spartak. So we were very happy oh, about that. He, yes. How could <laughs> I forget? I remember I was watching that in a pub and absolutely going crazy. That was amazing. Absolutely. And you didn't, you won to know both games, right? Um, I mean, I think so. My, my brain is not working right now, but I think that it was, uh, it was two nil each time. Yeah. Both yeah, uh, that, home and away. That, that, yeah, like, that, absolutely fantastic. We could not commend you enough for how good <laughs> that was to knock them out. So um, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm not aware of, of the beef between Spartak and Dinamo. Oh no, that goes back like back. Into, yeah. It's like, back, Soviet like they days. were, they were Soviet. They were like Soviet league, right? Like they're historic rivals. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, to be fair, Spartak are, I mean, they've got a lot of history and everything. I mean, they're yeah. the second most successful club in the Soviet League, but it was a huge rivalry. So, yeah, yeah it was nice to, nice to see you bounce them. Yeah. Hey, it was our pleasure. I'll take full credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so in case you're not aware, uh, Adrian is here to represent Benfica, who are Dinamo's opponents on Tuesday. Um, our other, you know, kind of minnows in the group are only Bayern and Barcelona. Um, but... Adrian, what do you think? How far do you think Benfica's got a shot to get out of this group? You know what? I think that the main wild card will be will be FC Barcelona, and depending on what kind of Barcelona shows up, because they have been, you know, it, losses haven't been necessarily a surprise with them in the last season or two. Um, and you could just you can picture it now with all the losses that they've had in their squad, not on the pitch, but in the squad, such as you know a certain Lionel Messi. Um, you look at them now, and yes, Memphis Depay is playing extremely well, but that back line is there for the taking. I think that you can definitely get at that back line. I think that even Dinamo did a fairly good job of that a couple of times um, last season in the Champions League. Um, and I think that, you know, the attack is not necessarily a given that they're going to score goals, especially when, you know, they're bringing in guys like Luke Young, which, you know, respect to the man, but, but he's just not what you would consider that sort of elite Barcelona caliber striker. So I think that Barcelona is a bit of a wild card. And like we were talking about prior to this podcast, before we were recording, you were saying, you know, that we kind of, Dinamo and Benfica are looking at each other like, we got to get six points against these guys if we want any chance of making it out of this group. So we'll see um, if we can maximize points against Dinamo and, you know, get a couple of good results against Barcelona and just hope for the best. Maybe we could get out of the group. I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like looking at this Barcelona, I'm not trying to turn this into a Barcelona pod by any means, but um, 
outside of pretty much Aguero, De Jong, Pedri, and Ter Stegen, this team doesn't really threaten me. It doesn't scare me that much. I don't know how you feel about it, but because Bayern is, you know, Bayern Munich, this is a team that if Lewandowski doesn't get hurt last year, they probably go on to win the championship. You could at least get to the semifinals and not the final. So, you know, it, it is what it is with Bayern. But Barcelona, I feel like both Benfica and Dinamo, especially Benfica, have a much, you know, stronger squad, in my opinion, than Dinamo. I don't know if Eric, you would agree with that, but... um Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They do. I'm a big fan of, well, I know that there was some, and I wasn't aware of this, the, like the money thing that happened or the embezzlement or whatever, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rui Costa. I'm a, you know, I'm a Milan fan. So I love what he has done for the club. I think that their recruitment overall has been fantastic. Good, strong squad. I mean, I'm a bit of a realist. I'm not very optimistic about Dinamo picking up a whole lot of points here, but I completely agree. If Again, if I'm being a realist, it's going to be between Benfica and Barcelona for that second spot. And I would love nothing more than to see, I mean, against, I want Dinamo to do well, but if I had to choose between Benfica and Barcelona going in that second spot, 100% Benfica. And would nice to see Yaremchuk do well uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yaremchuk has, has really endeared himself to the supporters of the Benfica very fast. I don't know if you guys have noticed the trend on, on Twitter, but so many... So many Benfica sort of like fan accounts and even just like average supporters have put Chuck at the end of mm-hmm. all of their usernames on Twitter. I don't know if that started before he came to Benfica, if he was, if people were doing that at other clubs he was playing at, or what was it, Gank that he came from? Uh, yeah, no, Gant, I think. Gant, sorry, the yeah. other one. The yeah, same end. thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And I mean, not only does the, is there sort of like a buzz around him off of the pitch and it's sort of like an ongoing meme, like even the official museum at Benfica put, um, like, uh, Cosme de Damian is the name of the museum, but they put Damian Chuck at the end of it for a little while. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, I think it goes, it's, it's definitely more than just a meme is what I'm trying to say in a very not elegant way um and his effect on the pitch has actually been excellent because we've been that's been one of our sorest areas of the pitch recently has been that striker position we've had failures in like Raul de Tomas who went back to Spain um he came in at first being one of our like uh record signings for like 20 million or something like that and then we got Darwin Nunez in from Spain as well and we had all of this buzz around him and he started fairly decently and got a lot of attention and links to even Man City and stuff like that but he's just gone cold as far as finishing so Yadamchuk has come in and it just instantly feels like our attack is a little bit more complete now I I'm not aware of how Benfica's done domestically in recent seasons but do you think this is uh something that can maybe propel Benfica to a league title this year because I believe Sporting won it last year, correct? Yep. Yep. So, um, I mean, I think that all signs are pointing towards yes, that it feels like it's much more of a possibility that we'll win this season in comparison to last two. You know, we we had Bruno Lage who came in halfway through the season um, a couple of years ago, feels like ages ago now, uh, and then turned it around completely, closed the gap. I think we were seven points behind, and then we ended up winning the title, and that was just insane with a strong Felix. That was his big come-out year. Mm-hmm. And then the following year, it just didn't go well for him. It really didn't go well for Bruno Lage. Uh, of course, we lost Juan Felix and some important players as, as well. So losing Ruben Diaz was also huge for us. And the last two seasons have just been rough. Even with the return of Georges Jesus, our manager, uh, it just didn't quite click last season. Now there's, of course, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. 
there's a lot of things, you know, embezzlement and, you know, money laundering, like all sorts of crazy accusations that have been hurled at our now past president, no longer our president anymore. Um, so I think there was a lot of distractions there going on and just the team wasn't clicking very well. But this season, I've been really, really encouraged by what I saw, especially against PSV in that final qualifying round. Um, I think that you know, it wasn't the most beautiful way to get through. Someone said that it was like, we looked like Hitafe out there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I think in the first leg, we played some of our best football in the first half. And then in the second half, we looked really bad. And then in the second leg, it's hard to get a read on it because we got that red card in the 30th minute. Yeah. So playing away to PSV, it was rocking at the stadium. Um, you're down a man for 60 minutes. It's it's always going to be difficult, but they showed a lot of fight, which is something that I was hoping they would show because they really haven't in the past two seasons. So it's all it's all looking better. Yeah. So and could you tell us a little bit more about this Benfica team? Because I, I just had a look at the roster. There are definitely some sure. experienced players in here. I see, you know, Pizzi, I feel like has been there. Is, yeah, Pizzi's been there, I feel like forever. Uh Jean yeah. Mario's and I didn't realize Jean Mario's in this team. Uh, and then at center back, you have Vertongen and Otamendi. So is it much more of an experienced core? We'll mix it with some youth, or is it more of an experienced side, you think? So I I I mean Benfica in the last few seasons prior to the last, I'd say two. Um, was really doing a great job of do, taking a lot of our academy talent and uh, promoting them to the first team and them doing extremely well, such as Ruben Diaz, Juan Felix, um, you know, Florentino came in. You know, there was, there was times in the Europa League when we would play, again, we would have like six academy graduates on the field and we do extremely well. We'd beat, you know, like uh, Dinamo Zagreb and stuff like that. We made a run and then we eventually lost to Eintracht Frankfurt. But recently... You know, with George Jesus coming back as our manager, and also that coincided with it being an election year for our president. And you know what happens every time it's an election year, they start, you know, pulling out the money. Suddenly the money appears and they can start signing all these players. So that's when we brought in the Otamendis and the Vertongans um, and sort of the older players. Julian Weigel as well was a really great signing for us, who I, I, I think is, is another one that, like Yaramchuk, has really endeared himself to the fans at Benfica. Um, so I think that right now we have a nice little balance of some young players, some academy pro prospects. Um, and we have those leaders again, because I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but Luizão was like a legendary Benfica defender, center back, Brazilian. He's, he's still part of the club. I feel like he was uh, there probably, for ages. He was there for ages, man. Uh, absolutely. Um, and he's still there, <laughs> just in a different role. Um, but once we lost him, I feel like we lost that that leadership aspect in the in the team. Um, and there is a lot of rumors of, you know, having a bit of a toxic environment in the dressing room and everything. So to bring in guys like Vertonghen and Otamendi, um, more senior heads, I think has been a really good move for us. Also, these guys are winners, right? Well, you know, poor, poor Vertonghen playing at Tottenham all those years. Not many he knows how to put one, the but... pressure on. He can put yeah, the pressure exactly. on. Exactly, exactly. But mm -hmm. Otamendi, I mean, Absolutely, you know, yeah. he uh, make what you will of his final year at Manchester City. And he started horribly at Benfica as well. I mean, we're talking own goals, red cards, all sorts of errors leading to goals in his first few games. Like really, really bad. But then he, he found his feet. Um, and you know, his FC Porto association doesn't help him any more, any at all either when you're playing really poorly, but he's now become one of our better performers and definitely a leader. So I think that I like the mix that I'm seeing out there. It's not all youth. It's not all old players. It's, it's a nice little mix.
Yeah, see, it's funny because I think Eric can attest to this. Um, if you want to hop on, Eric, just let me know. But um, I think Denamo are in a similar boat in terms of youth players. I guess maybe because the money isn't supposedly as there. Um, but I think the difference is um, maybe the youth talents aren't as good as the ones at Benfica. But I just think for Denamo and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but that level of experience and level of player who can really lead the youth guys are not there as Benfica have. Do you think that's fair to say, Eric? Well, I mean, yeah, we don't have anyone comparable to, you know, Otamendi, Vertonghen. I mean, that kind of experience coming from the Premier League. Um, I mean, you know, John Mario coming from Inter. You've got, um, I mean, uh, Mete just actually was on loan at Milan and then just came over recently. You've got, um, I always kind of like that Radonjic player from um, Marseille. Marseille, yeah, that yeah. came over. I thought he was decent at Marseille. Um, I mean, uh, Seferovic, I think, is a pretty quality attacker um but yeah i mean we don't really have i mean nothing against dinamo i think we've got good some good youth uh players but in terms of that experience that um that no leadership doubt. yeah i mean there there are definitely players that i think um exemplify some of those qualities but yes. i don't think that they are necessarily true leaders like we've seen in some of the pat like you know husiev and shakovsky and players yeah. like that that we've had um so definitely something that's been missing from Denamo for a little while. Well, yeah, because I wanted to, the reason I want to bring this up is so you can kind of get an idea of, so for example, while, um, you know, let's see, I have, you get Otamendi, you get Vertonghen, even I just noticed Lazaro, I think he was at Inter Milan recently, um, the right the right back, and then you add Vaido from Borussia Dortmund, Jean Mario, uh, you know, even Pitti and Rafa Silva, who have been there forever, Radonjic from Marseille, Adam Chuks, who's a good player. Um we don't Del Tarot. I totally forgot about a Del Tarot oh, being, yeah. <laughs> being at Benfica. Yeah, man. Yeah. He uh some people think he's overstayed his welcome a little bit. But I mean, he's one of those guys where he keeps you coming back with those little flashes that he shows now and then. You Absolutely. know, he'll he'll misplace like five, six passes. He'll he'll try to dribble out of a cul-de-sac and he'll get caught every time. But then he plays like in he He'll nutmeg three players and then hit an insane through ball that bends around all of the defenders somehow. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, there he is. Now he's arrived. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, and like this is this is what I find so interesting about this is like you could see Benfica, obviously, it's probably one of the maybe top 10, 15 biggest clubs in Europe, I would argue. Um, signing, you know, players from Premier League experience, you know, Serie A experience. And then you have the novel with some good academy players, some good domestic Ukrainian players, and what signing players from the Uruguayan League, the Japanese League. Um, so I, I think it's just interesting to see the difference. Um, what kind of style of football does this Benfica's team play? Do they more possession-based? Do they, you know, like to hit on the counters or a lot of pace in this side? What kind of, you know, do, are they good with long, do they play a lot of long balls? Because that's what they did. I'm horrendous at set pieces and long balls. I can't defend that to save their lives. Um, well, then I think that you're not going to enjoy seeing Rafa out on the pitch because that has been sort of, I, it feels like Georges Azouz is trying to have horses for courses. Um, we can play the possession game to, you know, now that we have Yeremchuk as that guy to sort of like play passes also off of and combine with in the attack, we can play that possession game when teams are sitting deep. Um, but I think that a lot of our goals have come from, uh, from a quick out ball, either to Rafa or, you know, to, um, uh Yaramchuk, my God, forget forgetting the names of all our players. And I think that's uh Zhuang Mario, actually, a guy that I didn't mention, but thankfully Eric did, um, has been a huge, huge, huge signing for us and one that we never really expected this summer. So when it happened, of course, affiliations with sporting, etc. So when it happened, everyone was very, you know, 
they're hesitant to get excited about it, but he's just, he's looked like a different player. And I mean, even for Portugal, he got a call up based off of his Benfica performances. And for Portugal, he comes onto the pitch when we're losing um, against Ireland. And then uh, he sets up Ronaldo for one and Ronaldo for another to win it. So I think that's um, with a guy like João Mario, who's very good and technical in the midfield, we can, we finally have someone who can hit that long pass extremely well, but also he can dictate the tempo of the play when we do have to sort of pass around a team that is sitting deep with a low block or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's three at the back. It's three, four, three, typically. Um, although he does switch it up now and then and play sort of a four, two, three, one or a four, four, two, even uh, with Weigl and, uh, and uh, João Mario in the middle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would assume that we would go three, four, three in Europe because that sort of seems to be his, his like safer formation that he's been going with lately. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot higher tempo. Uh, a lot of the players we're talking about in the summer, how, like, as soon as George Jesus came in, all of a sudden the training camps were something to dread <laughs> prior to the season. So it's, it's a lot of running. And I think you guys may have seen that if you caught the match against PSV, that this team just runs and runs and runs and doesn't give up anymore. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch finally after two seasons. You think that's that level of preparation helped you guys get into Europe or not Europe, but at least into the champions League this year. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The team definitely looked far more ready. And of course this is, you know, this is year two with Georges Azouz, year two of the return of Georges Azouz. Um, and so you would expect that it would look a little bit better. Um, but it's, it's nice to see that, it, it's it's all clicked. I mean, we, we have a perfect record in the league so far, which you can't ask for much more than that. We're yet to play one of the big teams, but still um, things went extremely well in qualifying. So yeah, it's, I think that uh, we're starting to see what we signed Georges Zouge again for. We're starting to get, you know, it, it felt like a nostalgia signing, which those don't yeah. always work out, but we're starting to see something closer to what we were getting from him before when we, you know, we made the Europa League final twice in a row and uh, lost both times. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't do uh, that too much. But um, Eric, uh, Dinamo have a bit of an old experience manager of their own. Uh, would you say Luchesco is probably Dinamo's most important? Uh, obviously, he's not a player, but he's probably the most important person going into this, uh, this Champions League run. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you can probably say the same thing for last season, too. When you take a look at our Champions League qualifying campaign, I don't think we would have gotten there without Luchescu. I mean, the guy comes in, gets us Champions League football, and then wins a domestic trouble. I mean... After quitting four hours into the job. Exactly. I mean, surely that a lot of that rests with the manager. I mean, don't get me wrong, player execution is always going to be key, but at the end of the day, he's the one pulling the strings. So, you know, I would say definitely um, a lot is going to be a lot is going to be riding on him. Um, I know last season in the Champions League, there were some questions about the team selection and the tactics that we rolled out. So I'll be interested to see how, I guess, how we adapt, maybe isn't the right word, but how he, um, tactically, how he sets up in Europe against a team like Benfica, which, you know, I think that we have a shot against. I still think Benfica is the better team on paper, but still, you know, I think that we have, a shot to, you know, get a point, potentially even three points, especially in this first match at home. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I do have a lot of trust in him. I mean, I think that he has earned that for what he did with us last season. So I'm very interested to see how he starts off um, this, uh, this coming fixture against Benfica. Uh, Asia, just want to go back to you. Uh, 
is Benfica bringing a full squad to Kiev on Tuesday? Because I know Dynamo have a couple injuries. You know, for example, um, our main attacking midfielder, Vitaly Boyaski, he was out for about two, he's supposed to be out for two weeks, but he might be back. He might be on the bench. He might be out. No one really knows which, with him. So um, are Benfica bringing a full complement of players and the injuries or suspensions? Um, I mean, as far as I can remember, not many injuries. I mean, I think... I remember Tadapt getting a red card at some point, but I think that that was actually in the league. So I think, I think that as far as so far, so good, as far as injuries go this season, thankfully um, there's one defender that we have. He's a young guy named Feru who was linked with a lot of big clubs at one point, but um, he's like eternally injured. The guy has terrible knees, but so I think aside from him, I think we're pretty good. And some of our players got released early from international duty. So we're, we're smiling. How convenient. Um, <laughs> what do you what's your so what's your expectation because i mean i think eric and i can both agree that listen dinamo is not a team even forget about in the 80s 70s 90s even the side a couple of years ago that went got to the round of 16 what what would be your i guess minimum expectation for benfica in europe this year and what as if everything goes right what this team can achieve in europe this year if everything goes right including barcelona playing poorly in the group stage and we just sneak in in second place i think that um you know some draw luck in a quarterfinal run wouldn't be necessarily out of the question um but i think if i'm being absolutely realistic and taking my benfica hat off i think that uh third place and you know a drop to europa league i mean i forget who's in there now in the europa league because because we're in the champions league this season man you know but um but i think that you know i feel confident in saying that we could go pretty far in the europa league maybe you know at least quarterfinal semi something like that yeah i know we haven't been in the europa league for what eric two years i completely forgot that thing even existed (laughs) yeah yeah um eric your minimum expectation for dinamo this year in the champions league uh, minimum expectation. Yeah, not getting that, killed in every that, game. That, that we're not, not getting... in, <laughs> that we're not in the Champions League. My minimum expectation for Dinamo is to put up a fight, make a good account of themselves. Realistically, probably going to be out, and then focus on the league. Um, I I don't even even if I put on my Dinamo cap and drank my Dinamo Kool Aid, I still do not see them getting advancing into the Champions League, and that's just being honest. What the hell is in the Dinamo Kool Aid? You know, no, I, I don't want to know. Never, I'm not going to go down that route. Either so, way, it's not. Either way, it's not changing my answer. <laughs> um, so, so if I if I may, is this? How would you guys compare this Dinamo squad to ones of of the past? Is it a weaker iteration, or is it just that the it, rest it, of the competition in the group is too much? If if I had to put it this way, it's it's probably the worst team, probably since the 1950s, maybe the 40s. Oof. It's, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a couple very talented players in the squad, but even those most talented players right now are not near the most talented players of some of our better squad, but the team as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, one of the weakest squads that I can ever remember potentially the weakest. Like Adrian, the Ukrainian league is real, like has become really weak ever since the whole political and stuff like that in the war. But like in 2013, Eric, you're going to have to help me out. Was it 2013-14 Dinamo finished fourth? Mm-hmm. I think so. Let's just, let's just go with it for now. So when the yeah. league was at its height, Dinamo finished fourth. If the league was at its height now with this squad, Dinamo could easily finish fifth, sixth, seventh. 
That's how bad the team is. Like I said, there's some good players there, but in my lifetime, in my dad's lifetime, like we'd probably have to go back since when my grandfather was like 15, this team was this bad. Wow. That's, that's gotta be hard to watch, man. I mean, I, Hey, I can say that the match against Ferenc Veroshi last season that I think it ended like three, three or something. Two, two. Two two, sorry, but yeah. it was all it was all like right at the death, right? That Federico yeah. Roshi came back. That was one of my favorite group stage matches to watch. That was very entertaining. I'm sorry that you guys lost the points there, but uh... well, 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 it's funny. We had actually um because uh, Sergi Rebro of the Dinamo Legend was uh coaching Ferencvaros in that game, and then we actually had his son on the pod, and he just said like, yeah, that was like because he was I think he was at, I think he, or he was was he at the game as I well? Think he, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he said like the ground was absolutely going crazy that last like 20 25 minutes. But like but the, like for example, this Dynamo team, oh god, I don't want to have to remember this, but I'm going to have to bring it up. In 2019, we got knocked out in the Europa League. So we finished third in our group. We got knocked out with a 1-1 draw at home against Lugano who were bottom of the Swiss League at the time. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's not inspiring stuff that no, I'm hearing it, from the Dynamo side of things. No, in 2020, like literally the last game of that season, we lost to a team 2-0 at home, which almost cost a second with from and that tap that team is from a village of 1700 people. <laughs> oh, man, this is um I had no idea that Dynamo had fallen this. I mean, I think oh, they're in the Champions League, they must be doing fine. But yeah, uh, evidently it, it, it's literally all down to the manager and all if I could be completely honest like he literally I, I'll never forget the day he got hired because I was on vacation and I almost like my phone dropped because like you know Mircea Luchesco's shutdown legend was there for 12 years and then like I'm on my phone on Twitter and then like four hours later I'm at dinner I'm like oh he resigned okay they didn't expect that and then like the next day he's back in the job the ultras are every game like they come and protest and it's like like it's 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 controlled chaos if that makes sense like nothing makes sense, but it all like comes out and works somehow. My goodness! Wow, like, I uh, I had no idea. This is this is eye opening stuff. Yeah, like I think the level of the domestic player, like the Ukrainian player, is okay and not terribly lower than um, Dynamo teams in the past. Like that team that made the that easily could have beaten City in uh, twenty sixteen round of sixteen. But I think uh, Eric can agree with me. The level of our foreign players is super low maybe two of them would probably get into those teams maybe one actually no two because we just signed a young brazilian kid named vitinho from atletico paranaense he's a, he seems to be all right but um actually our, another one of our co-hosts dima he uh, is a big fan of the i don't know if you remember the portuguese players miguel veloso oh yeah 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 so he was at the Mamo for a good like four-ish years he, but like mm. he was a you know portuguese international and we like our international players instead of playing for portugal or netherlands um, or so like at the 2014 World Cup, we had a player on the Dutch team, Jeremy Lenz. Um, now, instead of playing for Portugal and Netherlands, our international players are playing for Slovenia and Luxembourg. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that says something for sure. Yeah. That's, there's something to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and we're not going to go too far into it because it, it's everything from scouting to players, you know, everything, but ultimately it's just mismanagement and lack of funds. It's kind of like you said, um, of course, now that there's a vote for president, now there's going to be that influx of cash. Well, we don't have those votes for president. So and finally, we're starting to spend a little bit of money, but man, we've wasted some money. Oh, Jesus, I don't even want to go down this route of how much money we spent on useless players. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much where we're at. The squad is at the weakest. 
at least in the last 10 years, this is probably the worst the squad has been. Well, you've certainly inspired some confidence in me going into this match because I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Like, I, I, I really didn't know what to expect coming into it because, of course, I don't watch the Ukrainian league. Um, but I, 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 there's always a chance that Benfica will put in an absolute stinker as we do against some of the sort of like lower teams in our league. But um, hey, we'll see. I mean, hopefully everyone comes back feeling inspired still. Yeah, like in all honesty, for like proper Champions League level, I would say we probably have two players in the squad who are legitimate Champions League level. And one of them might be hurt for the game. Oh, good news for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, I don't know if you uh, saw, you, I don't know if you probably didn't watch the game, but I don't know if you saw the Ukraine goal against France. There was a banger uh, from outside the box. Oh, no, I did not. Oh, so the guy who scored that goal, he's probably the only Champions League player who's 100% healthy right now. We got that. Hope, yeah. Pray for pray for further bangers, I guess. <laughs> well, well like the worst part is Yadam Chuk's the one who assisted him. So, um, so guys, uh, the game is on Tuesday. Hey, man. You might come back to you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I hope not too badly for your. Uh, it could happen. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting. Got free. Did Alex freeze? Yeah, I think he froze. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. You're good? Uh, are you kidding me? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he froze. He froze earlier as well when we were starting right. this thing. I'll just keep rolling with this. Um, all right, I'll just take In this closet here. Hey, there he is. And then back. Sorry for the little uh, delay. This oh, happens. Yeah. By, this happens every episode, by the way, where yeah. something happens with the typewriter that Alex uses, and then he has to reset it. And then, yeah. Oh god! Someone trips yeah. over the land cable, and exactly, just, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm um, just, I'm just convinced. I bought this, I bought this computer in like, like Ukraine somewhere, and it's just like from 1943 or something like that. <laughs> back when Dynamo was good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what all this computer is. Yeah. Uh, Eric was just asking me about Manuel Kasha. So I was, it's just not that it has anything to do with this really. Well, he could be our next president, actually. He's our stand-in yeah. president at the moment. Um, likely that he's going to get voted as our president. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely my, my favorite player of all time. I'm, I'm a real sucker for those, those midfield maestros, you know? Um, and as you know, he's, he's silky smooth on the ball. As a Milan fan, you'll know that. Oh, yeah. some, some like to say, that he taught Perlo a thing or two, how to play as a central midfielder. But hey, I mean, I won't, I can't speak to that. I, uh, I'm sure that Pirlo would have been fine in his own right, but certainly Rui Costa is a truly gifted player, was a very yeah. gifted player. Yeah. Yeah. For people who remember like FIFA 2003, FIFA 2004, if you played with Rui Costa, you were unbeatable, unplayable, unplayable. Yeah, man, he's he's got it. He's just I don't know. Like I was saying, I'm I'm a real sucker for like a uh, for a good central midfielder that can yeah. pass, dribble, little flicks and tricks mixed in there. He can hit the ball well. I don't know if you guys remember that goal he scored against England in Euro 2004. Oh off yeah, and in. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, he was something else, man. And he'll probably be our president. We'll see. It's actually funny because apparently uh, Rui Costa went to Shevchenko and asked him about Yadam Chuk because. Obviously, Rikosh and Shevchenko play together. Shevchenko, national team manager. So uh, he used uh, some, some scouting from Shevchenko. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, and I'm glad that he did it because I, I liked what I saw in, um, I guess it was that first game against the Netherlands uh, in Euro. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked what I saw from him in that. Um, and so suddenly it's one of those things where you're like, oh, that looks like he's a really good player. Oh, yeah. our team just signed him. Great. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's one of those weird things. Actually, if you if you go back, if you watch the France Ukraine highlights, he actually got the assist. But it was it's a really good run he goes on because he's actually out muscling Kim Pepe for probably what about good 30, 35 yards on the dribble, gets to the end line, cuts it back, and then a really finish. So yeah, he's definitely arguably the, a complete striker. He's got he's big, he's pace, he can head the ball well, you know. Um, so on that note, uh, we're gonna do some real quick predictions. I want predictions on the score on Tuesday. And who's going to win the whole thing? Okay. So, Adrian, score for Tuesday, and who's going to win the Champions League this year? Score for Tuesday. I'm going to I'm going to give a um a very boring two one win for Benfica. Bor- not the not that the game's going to be boring. Just the my prediction of two one very safe uh, is boring. Um, but as far as the Champions League goes, I think that my favorite to take it all is is Chelsea again because I think that Thomas Tuchel is just an incredible manager that is very much in his prime. They already had a very good squad, and then they add Lukaku as the striker. That's that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're able to bring in a guy like Saul from Atletico just for yeah. just for midfield rotation. Just, you just know? on a loan. Just on a loan. Just on yeah. Alone. Just on a loan. It's 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 nothing. They'll probably get Jules Kounde in January. Mm. So you know, I think that I think that Chelsea not only has a great squad but a really good manager um, who rarely loses, yeah. and uh, they rarely concede. And now with Lukaku there, and if Timo Werner gets up and running, because I personally, I know that he's become a meme, but I personally do believe in him still and that he can rally and start scoring goals again. So if if that happens, Havers, Lukaku, Werner, my goodness, there's still Mount behind them. Like, it's it's a crazy squad. And it's not the worst group in Champions League history. I mean, they have a Juventus team that I feel like is kind of in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Zenit is, you know, fuck them. And uh, Malmo, which also fuck them, you know. Um, we so yeah, I think Chelsea's a really good shot to take it all this year. Um, Eric, I know you love PSG, so you have to be going with them. Huh. Uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I would love nothing more than to continue to see them fall short in the league and in the Champions League. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm not really a big Chelsea fan, but I'd probably have to um, echo what Adrian said. I, I agree. I mean, I think that they already have a pretty strong squad. I mean, Lukaku, obviously I'm familiar with watching him torment the Milan defense the past few seasons. But, um, I mean, he is just a very, very tough, gritty forward. I mean, his play is fantastic. I mean, he's uh, so, I mean, I think that that's all problems for a lot of uh, Premier League side as well as in Europe. Um, I'm going to say two nil Benfica. I I'd like to think that Dinamo will score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I, is. There and I'm back. I, you know what? Every time, every time this happens, and it funnily happens when we talk shit about Dinamo, and I swear I think the owner hacks my computer and is like, okay, no, we're going to have to shut this down. <laughs> yeah. um, He's head of Dinamo propaganda, and he can't have it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's like, listen, five million to a new Rolls Royce or to a new striker. I think we're going to have to buy a new Rolls Royce. <laughs> um, Eric, could you just go over your prediction for the game again? 
Yeah, sure. So I agree. Chelsea win the Champions League. Um, and then prediction for the game is 2-0 Benfica win. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go... I don't, know if I, I don't want to be boring and go Chelsea winning it again. Um, let's have some fun. Who do I think is going to win? I don't think it'll be Manchester City. Oh, well, let's go with Bayern Munich to do it. Why not? Um, Lewandowski for Ballon d'Or, finally. Uh, and I'm going to echo Eric. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Benfica win, which is actually the same score last time uh, Dinamo played Benfica in 2016. Um, yeah, that, that was not a good Dinamo team, just to put that out there. Great kit, but awful team. Um, and you know what's funny? That team was actually better than the team we have now. So there you go. Just going to put that out there. Oh, goodness me. This is, yeah. it's, it's sad to hear this stuff. I feel for you guys. Oh, no, we, we have fun with it. Don't, don't feel sad. We Good. have a lot of fun with it. Like, for example, like we have these two guys who are god awful, but when they play together, they turn into prime Xavi and Iniesta. Like, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> at Barcelona last year, like, I see these two in the start level. Like, fuck, man. Like, it just could, so it couldn't get easier. And then, like, they just turn up and are absolutely like outplaying Frankie de Jong and Pjanic. It, unreal. But only when oh, they man. play together. That, that might be a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> listen. <laughs> They were making some runs, and we never see them even run forward. Forget about pass forward. So just to see that was pretty good. So they're just they're just big occasion players. But I mean, yeah. look, that's that's a great sort of attitude to have because, for example, in MLS, I support Montreal Impact or not Impact, sorry, CF Club de Montreal Foot. Club de Foot Montreal. I'm they're the Impact forever for me. Um, and we've had some god-awful seasons. And even so, you still just enjoy it. I mean, mind you, I'm going to those games live. So there's that whole aspect, which makes yeah. it more fun. But even so, it was still, it's still, you know, just like take what you can. Every time, I mean, I don't know if you guys suffer from this sort of brain disease as well. But even when Montreal was absolutely horrible, they would get a draw. And I'd be like, all right, they're feeling good. And then they get a win, like, six games later after losing every single one and i'll be like okay draw and a win and i just like forget that six losses sort of were sandwiched <laughs> in there mind you dinamo are not that bad i'm sure well well it will agent i'll put it like this uh in mls i support red bulls but like we were going to like before they were red bulls like the metro stars and that was bad like i remember my brother was like yeah we only lost two nil this week let's go finally like or we yeah we got, we got a goal okay we lost three one like it's progress oh um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's easy to forget those losses and just focus on the single point or maybe three points now and then if you get lucky. Yeah. Or if you have or like an MLS, you have to win a shootout like they used to. <laughs> Run from center pitch. Yeah, that was, that, that was fun. We should bring that back to the Champions League this year. That was, that was entertaining. Oh, my God. I could just imagine like some poor like Ukrainian village field having to do a shootout like that. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> So on that note, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Adrian, again, thank you so much for coming on. And hey, maybe we uh, did not play Benfica all the time, so maybe we could do this again, hopefully in the future. Yeah, for sure. Or a, a, a post-mortem at the end of the group stage, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Um, if someone wants to contact you, how can they do that? Uh, on Twitter, I am Rabona underscore TV. Um, my YouTube channel is Rabona TV. And yeah, that's basically Twitter's the best place to get a hold of me. That's where yep. you guys got a hold of me. So you guys yep. can do a test to that. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Eric, if someone wants to get into contact with you, how can they do that? Uh, at Libovich, L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. Um, and again, huge thank you to Adrian for making time for us on here. Really, really appreciate it. Please make sure you give him a follow. He's got some fantastic content out there. Um, and I'm sure he'll be enjoying watching 
I'll just I'll say this hopefully Benfica advancing to the next to the knockout stages of the Champions League while Dinamo just focus on domestic football. I'm in. I hope you're right. <laughs> uh, and if you want to contact uh, me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at Lishik7. That's L-Y-S-Z-Y-K, then the number seven. If you want to follow our show, you could do that on Twitter at Broad, Or if you want to send us an email, you could do that to Podcast at gmail.com. From everyone here at Broad, that's all we have. One last thank you to Adrian for coming on. And we'll see you next time. Dinamo, Dinamo, oh.